From the fantastic Nova Home Loan Studios, it's Cofield and Company. Second hour, right here at the Nova Home Loan Studios, Cofield, Adam Hill, Dustin Hart's coming up, Michael Gelkin is coming up, Gelkin on the Cowboys. Busy, busy day. I don't know what just happened during the break. We both scan the internets to see if there's any breaking stories, and Adam got a big smile on his face, and he started pointing to himself, and then we came back from break, so I have no idea. Why are you all giggly? All right, so what did I say? Who did I say was going to be the first person to fight back on this story that we just read about vaccines? The wife Wait, of which one story? of the players. Oh, so the, uh, the an Erie County official, so that's Buffalo, says the Bills and the Sabres to have 100% to get fans in in the fall, they're going to have to have – Fans will have to have proof of vaccination if you're going to get in. So that's that's the first I've seen that anywhere in the country, at least on the major league level. So I don't know how many cities and how many regions are going to follow this in the National Football League. But right now, this official says Buffalo fans will have to have proof. And I said there was a wife of a secondary player, one of the safeties, Jordan Poyer, who would fight back on this and be angry. And uh, I follow her on Twitter and Instagram uh, at 3.02 p.m. It's right right now 3.04 so this is, what, five minutes after I predicted this? Yeah. Uh, she throws up a post. Please sign my petition. It's a change.org petition against the Erie County executive uh, asking to require vaccines. She says, this is America. We have freedoms to be able to t- to live life and to choose if we want the vaccine. If, if right. you don't want it, it should be your choice. The yeah. Buffalo Bills must do their part to protect our rights, privacy, and freedoms to attend a game without being forced to take a vaccine. I'm very proud of calling this. It, it wasn't. It didn't. It wasn't that, you know, that out on the limb. But I mean, literally uh, you, three you minutes her. after I predicted so it, it was a rando mention, and then <laughs> within five minutes, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the Bills are going to do, and I, ultimately, it's not the Bills' decision. You know, it's going to have to be a sure a collaboration. Um, but well, I mean, we're gonna we are going to say this a million times. What did she say at the very beginning about protecting our rights? Or you have the freedom to say no. Yeah, we have the freedom to say no. You do. You do. And they have the freedom to keep you out and of the stadium. Private business has the freedom. Unless unless you are unless you are a protected class and you feel like they're penalizing you because you're a protected class. Right. They're not. Idiot is not protected class. I've I've learned enough from Justin Watkins to know that. It's time for the three presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. What did you think of the cancellations yesterday? I mean, I thought it was the right decision. I mean, it's it's one thing, you know, as I mentioned last hour with Q, I understand a a mental health day. In terms of making a statement, I'm not sure what statement it makes without lots of action moving forward. Well, you know, if if what they're trying to do is shine a light once again on issues with law enforcement. Well, I I think it's two separate discussions. I I think the the cancellation is, all right, listen, this is not a day for us to worry about sports. It's also not a day for for us to, like, not know what could happen if, you know, if we do try to have an event, if we do try to have people out, if we do have a gathering of some sort. That too. They're, they're safe. There's a safety issue. Sure. You could have you could have protesters, um, you know, surround a, a venue because they're going to get attention there. Yeah. So and I think in the, in the end, I, I hope that's what the protest is for. Unfortunately, some people get a little crazy. It's the safety issue. And it's also the like, do we really need to be having sporting events right now when people's emotions are running high? They can actually focus on, you know, dealing with those issues instead of 
you know, having having a game going on. And it's not like they're shutting down games for a month or two months or anything like that. It was like, hey, today's probably not the right day to have the sporting events. Um, but I think the separate issue is, okay, what do you do to help heal the community, to help, you know, build communication, you know, bridges of communication, all those other things? Like, that is a separate issue from just doing yesterday and just making yesterday about drawing attention. Uh, two different things. I don't know what happened now. Nothing. I was just thinking of a good story. Oh. And I'm like, do I want to do this today? Uh, okay. The T-Wolves are playing today. Game was shelved yesterday. It's Nets, T-Wolves, five minutes left. Nets are a lot better. T-Wolves stink. But Minnesota's down 33. Is this like the Oilers playing on the day of their teammates' funeral the other day? Edmonton Oilers in hockey? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it could be like what happened to the Bucks after the Bucks got you know very active in the cause during the bubble. And just seem to lose focus. Um, hey, everyone deals with it, right? There are sometimes, not on this show, but there are sometimes where people are like, "I don't feel like working today. Like a lot's going on, and my mind's not on work and being focused." But yeah, it's one twenty three ninety nets uh, in Minnesota. Durant's got thirty one, and uh, I don't care about the T Wolves and their numbers. And whatever. <laughs> okay. Actually, you know, it's funny. Uh, just on the NBA, I was looking at the T Wolves roster the other day, and. You know, Edwards has come in, and he's been pretty good. He's got 27 today. Like, they have the building blocks for a pretty decent team. God dang it, they stink, though. 14 and 40? We also know that with with freaking Cat right. and D'Angelo Russell. We also know that, like, well, D'Angelo Russell's just auditioning. And, it, like, okay, Edwards is, is playing really well. He looks promising, and everybody just knows that in three years, he's just going somewhere else. Like In three years? He's auditioning for three years from now. No, no, I'm saying uh, Russell is auditioning, right? And Edwards is is just he'll just go he'll just get. I would really hate good. I would hate for rookies to look at their first year as I can't wait to get out of here. But you, no, I'm saying that's what the that's what it is. We always look at the for for what twenty years now we've looked at the Timberwolves as hey they're not very good, but they've got these pieces here. And then three years later, like okay, they're somewhere else now. They've moved on. Right. They've well, what what if what if uh, people looked at Phoenix that way? Now look at what Phoenix is. Sure. Uh, yes, you can change that at yeah. some point, but I think I think it's to get excited about the T Wolves and their young talent. It's like, well, why? In the end, why? It's not. They're not going to stay there. They're not going to build around them. The organization stinks. So I'll tell you why I threw my head back because I was thinking of a story that we we did not get to yesterday because I really like the guy. He's you know he's like one of our sports heroes. Um, you know, growing up, you know, at least my age group, you know, this guy was. It's like one of the, the guys, Dr. J. Oh, I thought, I thought like, you were setting on. up. I don't, want, I don't want to have to rip on Dr. J. Good. What do you think I was saying? I thought you were setting up Hulk Hogan. No, no. <laughs> that's, what, that's where I thought you were going. Uh, Dr. J the other day said the Nets are, quote, buying a championship, similar to what the Yankees have done in Major League Baseball. Like, you know I'm going to have issues with this. Oh, boy. Well, because he's attacking your Yankees. Right. <laughs> Which, like, Doc, you're from the New York area. You played in Philly. The $325 million man is in Philly. What are the Phillies trying to do? Build there, a team. There, There is no such thing as buying a championship. You do what you need to do to be the best, and if you need to go get free agents, you do it. Or you do what the Yankees do, and in, in the case of when the Yankees won a lot, they had a core of seven guys. None of them were bought. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... You augment yeah. owners that care, like the Phillies owner, Owners that care go out and get players if they need them, just like Bryce Harper to the Phillies. I mean, I feel like if you're going to make the like the Dodgers, kind of are. And and the net, like, come on, on the Nets, 
you can't have it both ways. Blake Griffin can't be useless in Detroit. LaMarcus Aldridge is, looks like an old ass in San Antonio. You know, DeAndre Jordan, what a waste he is. Then you get all of them, and they're like, buying a championship! Like, wait, I thought these guys were just spare pieces and other stops. Just because we know the names. And how, what are the, how, do they, how do they buy Harden? Well, by getting him to, to tank to get, to get sold there. Was he a free agent? Uh, no, but they had, I mean, he had to, he had to pull strings. He had to do something to make it happen. So you're buying into this, that the nets have bought their way into the field. No, I I think there's a, there's a, there's a middle, there's middle ground. You could, you could buy every single, every best player at every position in any sport. I mean, there's a cap, which makes it harder in basketball Yeah, in cap sports, but like in baseball, you can buy the best player at every position. Doesn't mean you're going to win. Like you still have to go on the field and win it. So you can't buy it. But you can certainly buy yourself close. Along the same lines. This is Barkley-esque. Do you remember what the Sixers looked like with Dr. J? What what was the one piece they were missing in the early 80s? I don't know. I know. It's, it's way back. How old are it was, you? It was, it was Moses Malone. Okay. Who, like, they got the best center in basketball or second best center in basketball, the best rebounder in the game. Dr. J gets that? Yeah, because the Sixers wanted to win. So like there, every era has these teams where it's like, hey, we've got one more step. Let's go get like the stud player. But it's like players go back. I mean, my favorite's Barkley with, you know, just ring chasing. That's what you did. Right. You I mean, can't get on Durant when you freaking forced your way out of Philly to go to a better team in Phoenix. And then eventually that didn't work. And let me go as, a, as an old guy to the Rockets. Yeah. Wait, I did that? Yeah, you did that. Well, he, he's jealous because it didn't work. And now he wants to rip on, on everybody else. Um. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I get all this, all this part of it. Like, oh my, I, I this, do this, think. This, I mean, we got. Come on, his quote? Dr. J said it's reminiscent of how Yan- Yankees used to do it all the time. They load up. They call it quote buying a championship. The Lakers are known for doing that too. I mean, come on, Doc. The, he said they call it buying. He didn't say they are buying. He's saying other people would say you're buying it. But he did, he did he did clarify with the Nets. You got a team with six former All-Stars and three All-NBA guys who have been there and succeeded in the playoffs. So so you go and get LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, you're buying a championship when they're, you know, they've got two years left in the league. Yeah, I mean they're they're adding those like again, you can't buy a championship. It's it's not it's not something that happens. You can't like buy a win in the playoffs. You can certainly invest a lot more than other teams do. And put yourself in a better position to win, like that is that does happen. That ha- that has happened again. The Dodgers did that. They didn't buy the actual championship, but they bought their way into contention for it, and then the players had to go win it. Nova Home Loans brings you the three. It's a refi raid at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. Eight seven 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 hundred Nova. Yeah. It's time for Cofield and Company's Path to the Draft. Brought to you by Battle Board Injury Lawyers. Need legal advice? Call 570-9000. All right, 10th pick is up. It's the Cowboys. Adam, we got one of your good buddies on the horn. Well, I don't know if, if he would consider that, uh, me that, but yeah, Michael Gelkin uh, covers the Cowboys for the Dallas Morning News, formerly covered uh, the Chargers and the Raiders, both of which teams moved, which uh, is an interesting coincidence. 
Uh, I don't think because of him, though. Michael Galkin joins us. What's going on, man? Great to hear you from you, buddy. How are you? Uh, you know, hanging in there. I, I am better than maybe some former Raiders offensive linemen are who had to get shipped out of here. But uh, that's another story of a rebuild uh, going on around here. But uh, how are things with Dallas and the Cowboys as they get ready for this draft? Yeah, things are good here in Dallas. Um, it's like you and I just need to catch up as, as friends because it's been a while. Uh, as it relates to the Cowboys, <laughs> yeah. um, they had a – what they feel to be a, a pretty productive offseason, um, aside from the obvious, which is the long-term extension. They were able to negotiate with Dak Prescott, uh, but with the signing of Dan Quinn and some moves, none of which really uh, too adversely impacted their salary cap. They feel like they really upgraded their defense. But that being said, they understand that they're uh, only partly through that objective, which is the draft is an area that the Cowboys have circled on their calendar uh, for quite a while now has been uh, the main avenue that they will take to upgrade their defense. So uh, Dallas has the number 10 overall pick. And while you can't rule out some alternative scenarios that I'm sure we could discuss um, here shortly, but uh, it, it's certainly expected to be and planned to be a defense-driven draft for the Cowboys. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think there's some very obvious choices that the Cowboys might make that we get into. I first want to ask about Dak, though. You mentioned Prescott, uh, quarterback of the Cowboys, was obviously having a phenomenal season before he got hurt. How much confidence is there that he could bounce back and look like the Dak Prescott we saw before the injury? I think it's highly likely that we will see Dak Prescott and, um, play to the level or standard uh, that we associate with him. His injury is no doubt severe. You know, he, he needed to undergo surgery. He actually had a second surgery in December uh, following the initial one in October to provide more stability to the ankle. Um, but uh, although he missed the rest of the season, it is a surgery, an injury that players come back from. And players can return to prior form or, or even better. Um, so it's not something that is thought to be career-threatening. You know, once he got through the surgery and it was determined not to have been any infections, which are incredibly rare. Uh, but once he cleared that hurdle, um, it was there's been a whole lot of optimism from the Cowboys about the level to which uh, Dak Prescott will uh, you know, return. And I think that contract says, says volumes. Uh, you know, it, you know, for for the Cowboys to commit that much money, that much guaranteed money to Dak Prescott following an injury as uh, uh, severe as it was, um, it, it, it says all about the team's confidence that. He will pick up where he left off in 2021. Well, that would certainly be good news for uh, Cowboys fans, who I think also are excited about a potential, uh, you know, grabbing a potential defensive star in this draft. I have uh, done a third mock draft. I think I've had Patrick Sertan in each th each of the three <laughs> going to the Cowboys. I know you made a pun about Patrick Sertan the other day. Uh, is this the uh, the top choice that the Cowboys could make with that selection. Yeah, I was I was off last week, but I crawled out from my vacation so that I could make a Pat Sertain uh, a pun because I just can't miss the opportunity to do so. I'm uh, it speaks to me how how lame I am as a human being uh, that I would take the time off to do that. Uh, but yes, I if I was making a mock draft, um, I, I would you know aside from maybe a trade back. Uh, you know, you, 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 to me, um, when projecting what the Cowboys will do, um, I think that it starts with Pat Sertain II. Um, he's 
uh, got phenomenal length as a cornerback, phenomenal production. Um, you know, someone uh, who, as we know to be, has a clean medical profile. Um, you know, he checks a lot of the boxes uh, that you look for. Uh, his technique is really, really sound, which what you would expect, I suppose, given that he, you know, is a, the son of a former NFL Pro Bowler and, and Pat Sertain Sr., uh, former standout for Chiefs and, 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 and Dolphins. Uh, he was with both teams over the course of his career. So um, I, I think to me, when you look at what the Cowboys have done or really specifically not done for agency at the cornerback position, it seems pretty clear that the, the plan for who will be starting opposite Trayvon Diggs, another former Alabama standout, um, it, it, the plan is yet to fully materialize entering the draft. So the draft is where we're all looking for that cornerback. Um, if the Cowboys don't go that direction in terms of you know first round drafting someone like Sertain, you could see a corner being taken in, in round two. And then if that doesn't happen, then I think you're, we're talking about the veteran market and you know circling back to some of those names that haven't been signed yet. Uh, but I, I think the draft is where the Cowboys do want to go. Um, so we will see ultimately how, how it goes. But um, I'm sure they have some better contingencies, again, uh, if they at pick number 10 decide that, you know, we're not going to trade back, we're going to stand put, and we're just going to take the best player on our board here, and it's not a corner, and then the cornerback that they hope to be available in the second round isn't available, uh, then maybe they go to the veteran market, but I do believe the Cowboys want to draft at that position. You can follow him on Twitter, at GelkinNFL, uh, covers the Cowboys for the Dallas Morning News, Michael Gelkin. Uh, if you mentioned the lack of medical red flags in there, uh, is that the issue for them with Caleb Farley, he's a very interesting pro- prospect that I think could be a potential, you know, top ten type guy. But those those medical concerns out there have to be troubling for some teams. Is that the the biggest differentiator between those guys? It is, and I think you know from a athletic ceiling you know standpoint, you, know, you look at Farley and you think he could be you know the very best cornerback in this class five years from now, um, and and he still has that sort of potential, but. Uh, you know, we haven't seen him play football. He, he opted out of the 2020 campaign when Sertan was uh, had a tremendous year for Alabama. And then you take that component with now the questions about his back, and even if he'll be ready for the start of his rookie season, uh, the Cowboys are an organization that drafted linebacker Leighton Vander Esch in the 2018 first round, uh, despite some questions from Boise State about uh, his neck issue. He wore a brace uh, or support, I should say, uh, during his time uh, at Boise State. And they drafted him, and he had a, a congenital uh, spinal issue. And it turns out that that issue uh, led to a sur- helped lead to a surgery that took place in January of 2020. And he's essentially one hit away from his career being over. Um, that's the prognosis uh, prognosis for Leighton Vander Esch. And so for the Cowboys who have one recent first-round draft pick with you know issue related to his spine, to go ahead and, and draft another player in the first round a few years later, uh, who also has quite, you know, he's coming into the league with a back issue. Uh, I just don't see that really uh, being what the Cowboys are inclined to do, especially given that there are quarterbacks um, here in this class. It's not just a, a runaway where it's even just Sertan as an option for the number 10. You have, you have some others as well. Uh, there's kind of a cluster up there. So I, I don't expect the Cowboys to take on risk 
um, you know, to, to, to take on someone of, of that medical profile who hasn't, you know, who opted out of the previous season uh, when there are healthier corners with more recent film available. What should we make? I don't think it's going to matter because I think he's going to be long gone, but what should we make of the Jerry Jones quote infatuation with Kyle Pitts? I think a lot of people around the NFL are quote unquote infatuated with Kyle Pitts. I mean, <laughs> they have true. reason to be anyone who's, seen what he's done uh, from a film standpoint, uh, that's that's enough. But then when you look at the physical measurables, his frame and some of the figures that he put up, I mean, he's just, he checks all the boxes uh, that you would want uh, as a prospect. He's a, he's a tremendous, tremendous prospect. There's a reason why people are talking about Kyle Pitts uh, and the Cowboys is because he's just that sensational of a guy and uh, of, a, of, a, of a player as a, as a you know, potential prospect, but also uh, with Jerry Jones having a bit of an inclination in his history to go for the splashy move, go for an offensive move, even when it's so clear that the defense needs dressing. Uh, the, the Cowboys tend to go for the sexy move that sells uh, rather than uh, the move that you would think would bring them closer to a more complete roster. So I think that's a lot of where that comes from. But really, when you look at the Cowboys roster, their best personnel grouping is 11, which is one running back, one tight end, and three wide receivers. Because those three wide receivers are Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. You would be hard-pressed to find a better trio across the NFL than what the Cowboys have. So they're in their, 70, they're in their 11 personnel about 70% of the time. And they also can go 12 on you. It's running, one, one running back and two tight ends because they have Blake Jarwin, who's healthy or will be healthy, uh, expected to be a full participant in training camp coming off of a September ACL tear. And they have Dalton Schultz, a tight end who is just the fourth tight end in Cowboys history to record uh, more than 60 pa- or more than 60 receptions in a single season. Uh, so to go ahead and take Kyle Pitts and put him into that mix, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for what the current day needs are for this football team. But because it's Jerry Jones, because of the Cowboys, if, if he's available, Kyle Pitts at number 10. I suppose you can't rule it out. And if the Cowboys don't take them, if two NFC East teams to pick right after them between the Giants and the Eagles, they're at 11 12. So if the Cowboys don't do it, I mean, you might not. You, you, you want to think about your defense for the Cowboys? Well, if you don't take Kyle Pitts, you're going to have to try defending that guy uh, twice a year for the next several years. So uh, it's a fun argument, but ultimately, it's highly, highly, highly unlikely that Kyle Pitts will be available when the Cowboys are on the clock at number 10 overall. Michael, we're up against a break. Great, great breakdown of this there. But uh, real quick, do the Cowboys win the division? Oh, boy. <laughs> it's, such, it's, 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 it's not much of a division. Um, Washington is the defending champion, and they have a stellar defensive line. They're working on their wide receiver core. Given the Cowboys' weapons, though, and they have the best quarterback situation in the league, not that there aren't questions about the offensive line coming off of some injuries. I, I probably would still say I, I'd give it to the Cowboys, but I think Washington's right there um, just because of their defense being as stellar as it is. But I, I still think the Cowboys, uh, if their offense can be of better health this year, um, I, I, would, I would probably lean toward them being the favorite. All right, Michael, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Take care. Good there you, Michael Galkin, Dallas Morning News. On the way back, we'll get to uh, the latest on a couple of teams saying, hey, we're not going to the uh, voluntary minicamp, the voluntary workouts coming up because we don't feel like it's safe enough from a COVID standpoint to meet up in person. Uh, 
Vinny over on Raider Nation uh, Radio 920, he's got an update on that. And also the uh, Buffalo Bills news, uh, Erie County officials saying, uh, hey, to go to games in the fall, you're going to need to be vaccinated. You have to have proof. And he was just doing a uh, an interview on WGR in Buffalo. He brought it even stronger than that. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's time to Trust Us. Presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call him today at 577-2600. All right, let's talk some football with Dustin DeHart. We're at the uh, Nova Home Loan Studios. 877-700-NOVA is the number. we got a lot of stuff going on right now. Uh, one, we had that story uh, about an hour ago that uh, one of the officials in the Buffalo area, Erie County officials, said, Hey, for Bills games, for Sabres games in the fall, you want 100% capacity, got to be vaccinated. You got to show proof of the vaccination to get into the games. This is developing, but I also just saw he was on the local radio station today, this uh, Mark Polinchars, and said, uh, the county owns a facility. You can't walk in with an alcohol container. You can't smoke. Why? Because we set the rules. If you break the code of conduct, you will be removed. There's no God-given right to attend a football game. Hello. So is that is this the first? It's the first team to do this. It's the first I've seen. It's yeah. not the team either. That's the other thing that's interesting. Oh, okay. It's the county, oh, and I, I don't know. Adam, describe the relationship of the or describe the amount of power the Raiders have with the stadium when there is a stadium authority here. Uh, unlimited. Okay. I mean, we all talked about this. We thought this was coming for sure, right? Like, well, I think this is the great yeah, debate. Like, what's yeah. going to happen for concerts and sporting events right. in different areas? Well, we, we were talking about the, the vaccine passport last week, and a lot of people were like, oh, that's not going to happen. That's an infringement on folks. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's going to happen in certain places. Yeah. Like, yeah, you. I mean, look, you don't have to get the vaccine, but you also don't have to go to the Raiders game. <laughs> Simple as that. Right? that yeah, that, that's know? been my my constant rallying cry. It's like, I, listen, I'm not for – I don't think we should go around and, like, invade your house and, like, stick a needle in you sure. if you don't want it. If you don't want to get it, it's totally your right, and you could say, hey, listen – I don't trust it. I don't. Those things are fine. Do your thing. Mm-hmm. Stay home. Like that's your that's your choice now. So you don't want to get in. I I don't blame you. I sure. You know I'm totally totally respect your decision. But now it's the decision of this of these companies and these organizations to say okay yeah, that, that's fine. You don't have to get it either. But you're not how, coming to our business. How won't there be lawsuits? There will. Oh, yeah. If you bought <laughs> you bought you bought PSLs. Yeah, yeah sure. Like none, none of this. I mean, yeah, because it wasn't spelt out in the PSL. Well, there's got to be, isn't there? Right? There has to be something in the there's, contract, right? In the say, smallest some print. Lingo, yeah, that'll get them out of. This. Wouldn't you think? I would think. Like, I think there, we have the right to refuse or do something. There's going to be some language in there that they're going to adhere to that will, you know, bind this, so to speak. Well, I, I'm sure what it is. L- listen to me, because like, uh, I do like to pretend I'm a lawyer now from all, all our times <laughs> talking to to, uh, to Justin. But um, I would because I you can't spell out everything like there can't be a contract that has every single thing that could ever possibly happen in the world listed out in the contract. But I'm sure there's some catch all phrases that they would cite and say, this is this is what applies in this right. situation. But then that's what's going to be battled over in court of did this mean this did this apply to this is this the same thing and so that's what's going to be i think played out or could teams just be understanding and in the short term go you know what you you've you you will put your psls on a pause your season tickets are on a pause for a year someone somebody else 
I mean, is that a ridiculous notion or are they just going to draw a hard line? And we're not saying every team is going to do this sure. or any teams are going to do it. This is one county official in New York saying you need the vaccine and you need proof. Uh, right. But we know where this is going. I think it's right. going to be I think it's going to be multiple. Yeah, I mean, there's gonna I think it's going to be multiple Texas stadiums is in Florida. And well, no, I, well, I think Texas and Florida, there won't be anything. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But in Cal I mean, come <laughs> right. on. If New York is doing it, you don't think every stadium in sure, California sure. is going to require proof of vaccination? Yeah. And we're going to follow whatever California does, in my opinion. <laughs> no? What do you think? <laughs> we're going to be I mean, we're opening before California. I, I, I've heard people say the same thing, but uh, we are opening before they are. They have a June 15th date. We have kind of a May 1st. More turning it over to local jurisdictions. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Florida's like, if you're vaccinated, you can't go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you're not allowed in if you've been vaccinated. We only want unvaccinated yeah. people. So a friend uh, of mine spread. has tickets right next to me, and he's he's anti-vaccine, but he said, if that's how I get into the Raiders game, give me the shot. So he will do it. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah, wow. Like, that's the kind of people I'm hoping there are out there to say, hey, th they weren't going to get it, but if they have to to, to do something, they will. Yeah. That that's That's why this kind of helps encourage – to get to that point because we are again we're i saw it again yesterday we're like less than 10 days away from more supply than demand hmm. to where enough people are saying like i don't want to get it and now there's going to be plenty of openings and so we're at that point now like if you want it you can basically get it so this is where you start testing some of these some of these rules and some of these theories of what we're going to do going forward interesting i mean i get the other thing obviously if you don't want to get the vaccine you could take your own self-pause and just sell the tickets of course you know right i don't think it should ever get to the point where like you know you're losing your psl right. or you're losing your season tickets that's kind of the point of the but psl is that karens you... that are going to throw some lawsuits at people oh there's right? no doubt and yeah. and in a, you know in a way uh, not that i love us being a litigious society but we probably need some lawsuits to really delve into what Checks the rules are right yeah, sure i agree dustin hearts with us all right so let's talk nfl draft and let's look ahead to fantasy football right yeah. this last fantasy football season most impactful rookie players, Adam Hill were offensive players. Justin Jefferson. Right? Jefferson. James Robinson was very good. Gibson was good. Herbert. Herbert. Yeah. You you kicked ass with you won the league, didn't you? I, I made the play or the Super Bowl I okay. lost. Though. So but you had Herbert. I, I, play, I, I played I Alvin Kamara. I don't think a lot of people expected that. <laughs> yeah. Is Kyle Pitch really the guy? I think it's his position, right? You know what I mean? That's where he really holds the value because you know, with the top three, like after that, it's such a such a downslope. You know what I mean? Like, and he's got so much upside. Like, if you can, and, and the problem with him too is, I think everybody's going to be thinking the same thing. So it's kind of where does where does he get drafted? Yeah. But if he falls low enough, and and his ceiling's so high, and he can crack into, I don't think he'll crack into the top three, but. If he can get close to that. All right, and, if he's you know, if he's four, right? We were just yeah. watching uh, Mel Kuyper's mock draft. He's got the Dolphins trading up the four, Atlanta trading back a couple of picks yeah. and taking a quarterback. He goes to the Dolphins. Two of his is his quarterback. He's a guarantee to be the most yeah, well, impactful that, rookie. That, well, that's good I'm not point. so sure about right. that one. Not necessarily, but this this is an old an old fantasy football and baseball really baseball more than football philosophy, but it's about position scarcity. Where if okay. you've got if like he's a tight end eligible guy who's going to play wide receiver in the NFL, right. so you you're getting wide receiver stats out of a tight end, which there's like are you? three guys. Are you? That's the theory that you're getting. You're getting a player that's going to play wide receiver, but is eligible there. It's like having a guy that's playing first base, but he's eligible at catcher. But what if he goes to Atlanta, right? You know what I mean? Is that well, then, then it could right? be great, right? You know. <laughs> but I, my 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 question before right. I mean I threw that question out. My question before any of that is. He's guaranteed to be guaranteed to be good from the get go. No, but 
I mean, I don't think I've seen this much hype in a tight end forever. Right. I mean, so like you said, he's a wide receiver playing tight end. Oh yeah. man. A couple of years no? ago, I heard, no, I mean, no, he oh, okay. is, he is. No, no, I mean, just a couple of years ago, I heard, no, oh, I, I was expecting your, yeah. I, I respect your opinion. No, I, I, I hear, I hear all of the stuff about Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. <laughs> like what's happened so far. That's true. Yeah. I, I, I am not, I mean, you know, this from doing some radio with me for a long time. I am not a fan of taking a tight end. I mean, in the best, I don't care if he's a receiver too. Uh, Cause then I got to see him play receiver and be a mismatch outside. I know he's an Uber athlete. You know what I keep thinking of when I when I hear about him and the measurables and everything is Vernon Davis. Because Vernon Davis was a lunatic from a number standpoint coming out of Maryland. Sure. He had a couple of good years. Yeah, like Evan Ingram was probably the best tight end we've rookie we've season we've seen in a while. And that was okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, yeah again, challenge. like you said, it's scarcity. Like, what if he does turn in to be the stud that everybody right. projects? If he's if he's Travis you know? Kelsey. Uh, and that's what people are hoping for and, and think so he's a big risk. Uh, and the sure. other point you said it's where you draft, like there's some stud receivers, but what if it goes to the Lions, right? Like, okay, how great is it going to be? Well, then he's there, then he's probably their top receiver, but he has to get the ball from golf, which right. it's a disaster. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the, the one thing to look at with him um, in this, and, and it goes to Kadarius Tony as well, that. Kyle Trask was like rising up draft boards because they had such a prolific passing offense. And now that they're getting a look at some of these guys, uh, Canarius, Tony and, and, uh, and Pitts are rising up draft boards very quickly. And Trask is falling, which tells you that everybody thought like, Oh, Trask, he must be pretty good because of this offense. And now that they're seeing them more closely on an individual level, they're like, Oh, the quarterback sucks. And the receivers made him. Uh, that's what's going on here. Yeah. Alabama is in the same situation. Yeah. Unless you're going to argue that, Waddle and then the other receiver. Now I'm blanking on the freaking Devonta Smith. Yeah. Uh, unless you're going to argue that you know they're not that good. That Mac Jones made them. Well, Mac Jones is rising up the draft boards. So that, then the notion the other... would be that he made them, possibly, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. Uh, but I think it's also why you should kind of step back and say maybe Mac Jones isn't that good. Maybe he was just throwing to really really good receivers. Are we ignoring the the most obvious impact rookie, and that's the number one pick? Can he go into the can right, Trevor Lawrence exactly, come into the league right. and throw for four thousand right. yards and the next you know, John do, Elway we're just poo pooing that. Right? right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he, he could he could right. be one of the best quarterbacks on the yeah. board that we've seen in, you know, ten or fifteen years. He can't have a rookie year like Justin Herbert and be I, a good fantasy player. You know, I think if there wasn't so many quarterbacks being you know what I mean, that with this much publicity and, and being drafted so high, I think he would be considered highly. Well, More I think, highly, right? Yeah, I think yes, and I also think like the fact that it's been locked in for so long. And really, the top two picks have been locked in so long right. that we just eliminate them from the conversation. We're like, all right, yeah, those are those guys are gone now. <laughs> right. Let's talk about everybody else. Right. I think that's what happens. But I, I would say, because of situation, first of all, I, I think you know how I feel about Urban Meyer. I think he's a disaster, and I don't know how he's going to work at the NFL level. <laughs> uh, but I would say, depending on who it is that's picked third, if it's Justin Fields, he's probably the most impactful rookie. If he does play. <laughs> Because all of a sudden now you're, you're going playing through. for a really good yeah, team yeah. with a lot of rounds. You want a really good <laughs> no, but it, this is a good discussion. Yeah. If if the Niners really want Mac Jones and Mac Jones can play and be you know Jimmy G like, where Jimmy G, he's not very good at fantasy, but no. he's okay because of the yak because those guys gain so many yards. But by the way, the other thing um, in that offense, aren't you also going to have a you know a lot of these little flips forward? Yep. That freaking count as passes, which is an amazing number. I mean, Mahomes even benefits from it with Kelsey. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. For the 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 stats 
like the the touchdown pass stats are you get like three or four extra that would have used to that used to be rushing touchdowns that are now passing touchdowns and a bunch of yards too. Last and, year coming, I was going to say last year coming out of the draft. You got one more thing? Else? Oh, I was just going to say the the only thing with Mac Jones, you're not getting those. I mean, are you getting any rushing touchdowns with him? Probably not. Probably Doesn't not. look like it. Right, yeah. No. <laughs> no. Dustin Even Hart's with Kyle with Shanahan, nothing. Right. No home loans. 877-700-NOVA. We talk fantasy football. We talk real estate. Uh, sticking on fantasy football. You remember last year out of the draft, uh, some of the running backs, yeah, they slipped. But still, because they landed in spots like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I laughed about it, and he, he, was, he had a decent rookie year. But, I mean, I had a friend bet me that he was going to go over 1,700 yards combined. Yeah. And he didn't get there because, he, you know, he, 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 got, he had some health issues. But he still had a good year. Adam, who's the running back who walks into a situation in the late first round, early second round? I guess you do you want it in the early second round? But who's the running back that you think could walk right like in? Or is it someone that we don't even know about? Yeah. Like last year where James Robinson and Gibson. Undrafted. Or yeah. DeAndre Swift. Or, you know, I mean, he was pretty Yeah. Good. Yeah. So who's the guy? Well, I will, I will uh, I'll give you a little bit of. Uh, a giveaway for my new mock draft that's coming out on Thursday. <laughs> there we go. Uh, total number of running backs selected in the first round? 0.0? 0. 0. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it could, Is that could, right? Really? Yeah. Could yeah. it be, you know, could it be uh, Najee Harris? Maybe uh, if he gets in the right situation. It's always, it's always about situation. And that's what I was referring to with quarterback as well. Like you're, you're more likely to have success if you go into a better situation than if you're more talented. Like that's just how it has always worked. And if running back gets put in the right situation, that'll be great. Travis Etienne obviously has a, a ton of upside, a ton of potential, can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, that would work. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I just don't know who is going to be the first team to step up and take a running back. Uh, but it's whatever one falls into the right spot. That's always what it's going to be with running yeah. backs in fantasy. Yeah, yeah good point. Uh, looking ahead to fantasy football auctions, right? We like auctions. Can I just bid a dollar right now on Edelman? On the Buccaneers. <laughs> by the way, uh, will, you, will you go up on me on this one or what? Fantasy football auctions are canceled, by the way. What does that mean? That was the big talk of fantasy uh, fantasy sports over the last six months. What do you mean? You're not allowed to call them auctions anymore. They're, uh, they're salary cap leagues. Stop. <laughs> stupid. Seriously. Stop. stupid. Stop. Who said that? No, it's a it's yeah. a big thing. Shut no, up. It's oh, not. yeah, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. It, it is a big thing. Uh, in, in your little, micro, have to in your little micro world, <laughs> yeah. it's a big thing. We don't, we don't have to for the follow masses, it. Most people are like, this, this is stupid. Stop. I agree. We don't have to follow it. I'm just saying that's what that's what the, the talk of the fantasy world is right now, that you don't say that anymore. I don't get it. Actually, somebody else. So, like, charity auctions with a bunch of like hot dudes up there canceled charity salary caps so there's a 69 percent chance that you can put a dollar on edelman and he's there you go play. he takes he gets it back to where we're going <laughs> oh sorry Gronkert, no we needed that did gronk already say uh he's going with the 69 uh, probably yeah, yeah I'm, he I'm did sure. uh, gronk, gronk says there's a 69 percent chance that edelman will join the box now <laughs> that was so hilarious. nice and he also <laughs> did say in the video that uh it, what they asked him if Edelman was a Hall of Famer, right? Yeah. And he oh. goes, a Patriot Hall of Famer. So not even not, did you watch that? Not even Gronk said a Wow. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, I saw no, maybe, but he's definitely a Patriot. Well, I, I'm glad Gronk at least like <laughs> yeah. addressed him by name. Yeah. Damian Woody tweeted out something yesterday and was like, it was clearly about Edelman saying, "Let's not cheap on the Hall of Fame." Like, what's going on here? Say <laughs> wow. his name. Is that what wow. He said? Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. Jeez. Like you're six four four hundred. Was Edelman going to come and beat you up? Come on. Maybe he was referring to one of the other. Uh, was it Kelvin Benjamin is also eligible in 2020. <laughs> I saw that tweet last night. You don't believe he's a Hall of Famer? I don't think so. No. And you don't think he's retiring, Adam? <laughs> no. I mean, 
why, why, why? I mean, is it, was he hurt or something? That's what somebody told me. His knee issues or something. I mean, he's is been, that... it's recurring health issues yeah. for sure. And I think the Patriots are ready to just move on. And I think there was maybe a little bit of a sting from being kind of moved on from. Right. I uh, probably said, well, I want to retire as a Patriot. He'll probably think about it. And, you know, yeah, let's Tommy say, call Tom. Well, let's say the, you know, that the, there's an issue with Antonio Brown and bringing him back. Or let's say that they don't get a wide receiver in the draft as they kind of expect to do. Maybe they gave yeah. him a call. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. All right, so what's going, what's going on in these neck of the woods this week? <laughs> well, rates have been going down. Uh, last week was a great week. Uh, this last two days, good for interest rates. We just uh, initiated a new builder program. Look, there's no houses for sale, you guys. Like, it's really DEFCON 5 right now. It's nuts. Like, there's <laughs> there's less than three weeks. I mean, it is it is so difficult for buyers to get an offer accepted. It's, just, it's almost become a crisis. Um, and we've addressed the fact that builders – you know, they'll push you to their lenders because they'll offer incentives. So we're beating that. You know, we'll always already offer a better rate normally, but now we're going to kick in the concessions that lenders or builders, lenders will normally do. Um, and you get the great service with working with Nova Home Loans. Just launched that. It's been a huge success already, locking a bunch of rates, getting the word out there. So if you're going to a new home build, give us a call because uh, I'm pretty sure we can beat whatever that builder lender is offering you guys. 877-700-NOVA is the number. Dustin? Thank you, guys. Good job. All right, 4 o'clock hour is on the way, and we're going to check in with our uh, football insider, Miles Simmons. We'll get back into uh, some of the uh, tough talk in Buffalo when it comes to the vaccine and going to NFL games. Trust Us is presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call today at 577-2600 to learn how to purchase a home with $20,000 in down payment assistance. Dial up Dustin now, 577-2600.